everybody, and welcome to another edition, episode number 40 of the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast. Jim here alongside my friend, co-host, former coach, professional evaluator, successful business owner, and very responsible dog owner as well, Jake Epstein. I am a responsible dog owner. Thank you for saying that. Yes. You are. Mm -hmm. I was listening. uh, While we're uh, recording here, for those who pick up on it. A couple of things. First of all, um, ownership stuff at the lab, obviously. You don't have to get into that if you don't want to. Maintenance. No, no, maintenance. Maintenance. But also, um, Nolan Arenado got traded to the St. Louis Cardinals, and uh, you're not too happy about that for um, whatever reason that is personal to you. You'd like to expand on it? If not, hey, we can move on to some Hall of Fame talk. That'll probably get your blood boiling even more. (laughs) Yeah. Pick your poison. uh, Yeah, I wasn't. I've been, you know, working all day. I mean, uh, all night. Apparently, because this is Monday morning, yeah. uh, pulling an all nighter, pulling an all nighter at the at the lab, getting all the machines going, and we had some feeder issues. Anyway, for the I record, digress. by the way, when we start uh, actually uh, recording on the video side and putting the videos on you, the video shows on YouTube, mm. I think we're gonna have to start pulling back the fourth wall and let everybody know that we're not recording on Monday morning at nine a.m unfortunately yeah you're probably so, right but but for I think today we're, picked up on it we're recording <laughs> at 9 a.m on a monday morning yes we after are. nolan arenado <laughs> got traded to the st louis cardinals yeah you're not too happy about I, no i'm not too happy i love nolan arenado and i i like the rockies mm-hmm. and he is, uh, I think, an invaluable player to an organization. So, I mean, I get it if you, you know, if, and I don't know because I, I don't know the, who they got in return aside from Luke and Baker, is that what you told me? Yes. I mean, if, if that's what you get back, then that's probably not a great trade unless yeah. there's other people, right? I mean, you're trading a gold glove all-star, so you'd like to get something besides a first baseman in return. Yeah. Um, not to say Luke and Baker might not be, you know, maybe he'll be a Hall of Famer one day. And what do I know? Um, actually, I, I kind of know some stuff. But <laughs> I kind of know. <laughs> Epps coming in I, hot I do, tonight, everybody. I do have his draft report, and I can pull up shortly. But, yeah, no, I'm kind of bummed out. You know, the Rockies are an organization that, um, you know, for the people in Colorado, they're just, like, kind of good enough to make money. You know, they have mm-hmm. a good fan base. They got good TV money. They have a beautiful stadium. Yeah. People like to go there, watch games. The rock, you know, the mountains are in the background. The downtown area is super, you know, hot and pumping. It's good bars and restaurants. And the owners make, you know, they make some money. They make, you know, 20 to $50 million a year. And yeah. they're very happy with putting a mediocre team on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the players, after they've been there for a while, they get frustrated. He's, he'll go out and go, he'll go nuts there. Yeah, just yeah. like Lemayhu went. That's when he went to New York. Uh, by the way, uh, Nolan Arenado has won the Gold Glove in each of his first eight seasons, as well as the Platinum Glove mm. in the past four. What's the Platinum Glove? I've never. I should know, but I've never really heard of that. It's better. That's, yeah. I mean, it's just it's platinum. But what's better than gold? Platinum? Well, I guess so. Then well. Why wasn't there platinum self announced? That's what I'm saying. Is that is that the new Bitcoin? <laughs> um, by the way, the names going to the Rockies, left-handed pitcher. This is from Ken Rosenthal. I'm reading it right now off Twitter. Yeah. 
Um, left-handed pitcher Austin Gomber. I think I'm saying that name right. Lucan Baker. He's a I see. He's a first baseman. We talked off air about Lucan, and I think he was a DH in college. So, right. Yeah. He's know. listed as a DH first baseman at the pro, uh, the professional level, and outfielder uh, Han Torres. J H O N. I think it might be John. No, it's Jan. Han, Jan Torres. Jan. Jan, Jan Torres. Mm-hmm. Um, the return also might include right-handed pitcher Jake Woodford and right-handed pitcher Angel Rondon. But the first three names, I think, are the main core of the package. All that right. makes sense to the Rockies. Well, they got five guys. Mm-hmm. The sad part is that means five other guys are going to lose their job. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. Uh, that's the world we Boy, live in. Boy, so negative it? today. So negative. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get off that soapbox. Oh, I'm positive now. Well, Mr. We might... Positive. It's going to make five other guys work harder right now, getting going into spring training. Those five guys are going to work harder. I agree. And because they're going to work harder, they're mm-hmm. going to keep their job. And who knows? Maybe they'll end up in the big leagues. Uh, maybe. I, you know what? I like the positivity. If they yeah, went to, if they visited you at the lab, well, yeah, if the mm-hmm. offensive guys visit you at the lab, then they mm-hmm. have a better shot their chances would even increase more that they would keep their jobs yeah baby we get them ready the uh, the uh rockies ball course field I sound, mm-hmm. like am- I sound like an amateur the rockies ballpark um it's very nice i've been there three times so great it is a great ballpark it's really a shame <laughs> if it, they could really attract players they should be able to attract players and free agents especially with that park and hitters and and how hitter friendly sure. it could be, but why, yeah. why don't they? That's what's so they, I mean, they, while well, they signed or are not to the long-term deal, but well, he's gone. He's gone. And they yeah. had great. I mean, they had it's story. Yeah. They had, yeah. Uh, I don't know. They had LeMahieu. They, they had just kind of, they had Tulowitzki. They had Tulowitzki. I think they got rid of him at the right time. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, no, they should, they should, you should have no problem going out and getting free agents. They yeah. won't spend on free agents. Mm-hmm. Ever since Mike Hampton, they've Mike. nobody has ever they have never spent again on a free agent. That's a blast name from the past, right there. Yeah. Mike Hampton. Mike Hampton. Um, yeah. you want to? I know you want to um try to be positive, but this next yes. part of the show may not be mm-hmm. as positive because we're talking about the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So what was it? Thirteen guys were on the ballot. Is that correct? And thirteen guys, none of them are getting in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kurt Schilling and, and Barry Bonds being the two guys who stick out to me that should be both in the Hall of Fame and aren't going to be. Unfortunately, how can you not put Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame? By the way, I mean he he was before he allegedly did allegedly did PEDs. Allegedly, I want to say that three times. I'm gonna just to make that clear. Allegedly, before he did PEDs, he was the best player in baseball. He had Mm -hmm. he has every single he had he has every single tool. And even after he allegedly, all caps, allegedly did PEDs, he was one of he had an 80 hit tool and an 80 power tool. You remember when he hit what he what remember when he hit 70? What was it? How many home runs did he hit? 71 home runs. Do you remember when he hit 71 home runs that year? Yeah, but why why don't we know that number, Jim? What number? 71 or whatever it was. 70, 72, right. 74. We don't know what that is. You know what number we do now? What? 755. Right. right. Hank Aaron's number. But we know 61. He hit he hit, he hit, he hit over 350 that year. 
Yeah, the dude rates. So how's he not? How's he not? So how do people don't vote him into the Hall of Fame? Is is beyond me. And same thing with Kurt Schilling, by the way. You know, you can you you can hate him for his politics. That's fine, but you can't hate for what he did on the field and say, "Well, I don't want to vote." Him. Although he was a little bit different, he got seventy percent of the vote from the media, and he's trying to take himself off the ballot. So, what do you make of all the Hall of Fame? Um, all the no, Hall I think of it's a junk? weird year. It's a weird year anyway. Like, yeah. Ooh. They're not going to have like a cool ceremony and, and right. people there. So I don't think it's a huge issue that nobody made it in. Yeah. Um, Barry Bonds is a different, that's a different player that he, he was a different player. He was a different body. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's alleged or not alleged, right? Like, yeah, that's a, that's a different human being. He right. became a different human being. Now mm-hmm. he also got much better and more disciplined and, yeah. you know, obviously stronger. Um, I don't know, you know, yeah, was tough one. I, I really, I don't know the, how, how you deal with the, the scandal, mm-hmm. um, or you deal with the steroid era mm-hmm. because it wasn't necessarily illegal, you know, right. it's, they weren't testing for it. Yeah. So guys did what they thought they had to do. Just like guys in the sixties and seventies were on greenies nonstop, yeah. you know, to make yeah. sure they had energy and whatever. So you know what would be cool, quite honestly, exactly. would be to get major leaguers to vote, you know, to get their guys maybe that played mm-hmm. with Bonds, against Bonds, pitched against Bonds, you know, yeah. shared the field with those guys to see where their vote would be. Yeah. You know, guys that guys that didn't cheat. Right. Right. You know, guys that didn't cheat. So you take all those peers where Allegedly. half of them were using – Right. Half of them were <laughs> half of them were on PEDs and half weren't. Right. Well, 30% weren't and 70% were. Yeah. You get all those people in a room and you you do a vote, you know, are wh- what do you get? Do you get people that are upset that mm. you know guys were cheating or yeah. whatever allegedly cheating or getting bigger or do you get guys that say, "You know what? They were just so good. They were so good." Yeah. Like they they belong there. They dominated the game during their era. And that's really how you have to do the numbers are, I don't think numbers should really dictate a lot of stuff. You know, it used to be, you know, if you had 500 home runs, right. If you had you know, a thousand hits, 3000 yeah. hits, you're in the hall of fame. I think today the game is so different that your guys aren't going to have 3000 hits. We're not going to see that. I, I, yeah. And I think that the whole voting process needs to be completely overhauled. I don't understand why writers just get a vote and writers who aren't even <laughs> on the beat anymore. It's kind of stupid to be honest with you. I think that there should yeah. be a mix of, you know, I'm again, I'm not saying that all writers should have their, their privileges of voting for the hall of fame revoked, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> But there's some that just they don't even work in the game anymore. And, you know, it, it just to me, uh, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. I mean, it's the same. I mean, you know, you can still keep your vote. So I, I don't know. I, I, I and I like your idea of, of putting players, former players on on the voting committee, too, and, and getting them to vote and hear what they think if those guys are hall of famers i don't know yeah uh, i mean you know also too uh, those former players you know how the players came out last winter in regards to the astros and what they did and how furious they were i wonder right. if that level of anger was right there with the guys who allegedly did peds 
as it was with towards the Astros with their sign stealing scandal. I have a feeling that the anger was a little bit more subsided with the players who were against the alleged PEDs rather than the Astros who blatantly cheated. I mean, we've talked about this before on the show. You give a quarterback, Russell Wilson, the entire defensive playbook that on prior to that game on Sunday, and he's going to dominate. That's what pretty much the equivalent of what the Astros did. Yeah. And the only difference is, you know, they, there were guys on their team, you know, right. Yes. Yeah. It would be my only, only guess, you know, is that, Oh, you know, half of their team was probably on it too, but yeah. I think the hatred is there. I think you hear it from a lot of players that, I mean, Schilling's a guy that not a big fan of <laughs> you know, the PEDs. Yeah. Yeah. And he's made that, made that quite clear. You know, yeah. uh, um, Scott Rowland was on the ballot. I've always liked him. It never seemed like a shoe in though, for me, for the hall of fame, Todd Helton was on the ballot too. Uh, to me, he's yeah. a no brainer. Uh, hall of famer am i wrong about that i mean he was there was a stretch there three four years where he was the best hitter in baseball yeah you know i I think i caught on to helton later in Mm -hmm. his career um when he was making you know 17 million dollars and right um and at that time that was a ton of money yeah. And he was hitting, you know, like 15 to 20 home runs a year mm-hmm. in course field and hitting 260. So he, he, that was, I, I don't know if I, I saw him more towards the end of his, I, I shouldn't say saw him. I watched him more like yeah. when I moved to Colorado and it was the, his latter years Yeah, where, I mean, I thought he was a great first baseman. I thought he was an awesome dude. Oh, like, he was great. Defender. Like he was a yeah. man's man, you know, yeah. like, but uh, he never jumped off the page as a Hall of Famer when I watched him his last five or six years of yeah. his career. So, but I also haven't broken down his his numbers. So maybe you could, uh, you know, enlighten me on some of those if you have them. Uh, well, let me pull them up here. Oh, I almost dropped my microphone I'm trying to pull yeah. up uh, my my numbers here. Hold on, let me fix my microphone. We're coming in hot tonight, by the way, or today, or this today, morning. This, morning. this morning, this morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. fucked up my my microphone okay let me pull up the todd helton number. you sound you sound better now oh no do just, i not sound I'm as loud just kidding. i'm kidding i'm kidding not really <laughs> <laughs> still still sound like a shithead um <laughs> let me see here i'm getting in on your on your angry fun tonight Hold on. good yes it's all about technology and machinery that was my fun tonight yeah you're gonna well then i guess story our 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 commercial break for the lab or we won't do one for the lab we'll do one for the epstein online hitting academy here oh we'll do it for the lab we we got some new toys in there that was that was why i was struggling so much because i was setting up all the new toys okay well hold off on the toys for a second because i I pulled up todd helton's numbers here so five-time all-star 2000 he led the league in hits 200 okay hold on five five time all-star you can't be a five-time all-star and be in the hall of fame you would be like a 15-time All-Star, don't you? Are you sure? And a, you have to have a platinum glove. <laughs> okay. 50, okay, 2000, he had 59 doubles. Led the league in that category. 147 RBIs. Led the league. Hit 372 that year. I don't know. He hit three. his career batting average 316. RBIs, 1,406, home runs, 369, doubles, 592, hits, 
2,519. What do you think? No. No. I just said benchmarks, too. He's, well, he's 150 short on home runs, and he's a how many short on hits? He was – well, he's about – 400? Yeah, 500 from, from – 500. Yeah, from um, – I don't know. Yeah, he could make it. Maybe okay. Oh. Well, not first ballot, but he may be in a couple couple of years. I, but he I, he could he could squeak in. But I I don't know. Okay, well if he can squeak in, then I'm going to say that Scott Rowland is not going to be a Hall of Famer. No, I don't think so. Hell of a hell of a nice guy though. Good career, good career, yeah. but well, come on, Hall of Fame, you got to dominate. Yeah, I agree. You got to be Barry Bonds. Put him in the Hall of Fame. See how I quickly I changed my tone and, there. Barry yeah, Bonds, and, that's a Hall of Famer. And Kurt Schilling, that's a Hall of Famer. Kurt Schilling, I, I think. Did he win 300 games? No. Oh. He did not. He had a bloody sock, though. Yes, he did. He's a bloody sock and hell of a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the last pitcher to win 300 games was Roger Clemens. And. People can email us at jimbopodcast21 at gmail.com and correct us on that. That's a big number. I remember when Sutton did it. That's how yeah. old I am now. Mm. Well, Dan, speaking of which, um, Daniel Murphy retired over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice little 12-year career there, I'd say. Very nice career. Made good money. Heck, yeah. 2015 hero with the Mets in the whole postseason. Had a really good stop in Washington for two years there. And then he got hurt in 2018. So he really wasn't as effective, but he played pretty well also for the Rockies too. And then his career with Colorado, but he really, those, there's a period there where he was the best hitter and one of the best hitters in the national league from 2015 to 20, to the start of 2018 when he had his knee scoped or whatever knee yeah. problem that he, that he had. So he retired. Good you, see these, you see these players retire and, and, and just you see the age and your age go up and the years tick by. Yeah. And, you know, and Murphy, since I've, you know, been on, been on a real hot streak about, you know, positive, positive. Yeah, you're coming in hot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's your example of a guy that hit his way into pro professional baseball and major league baseball. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he was not a good fielder at all, no. ever. And he played second base in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. you hit, you play. And he went to we went to Virginia, I think maybe UVA. He went to Jacksonville University. Oh, he did. Mm -hmm. oh. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He went to Jacksonville <laughs> University. You're right about um, his his defense. It was a liability when we first came up with the Mets in '09. He was a starting left fielder. He did so bad that they took him out of the lineup because of that. Because he was such a bad fielder. But then he moved huh. to second base, and that's weird with him. You know, when you fill out a scouting report with him when he's in college, what do you picture him playing? I mean, how do you project him playing as what position he's going to play? Second, first? I projected him as a first baseman. I would have. Yeah. But, uh, tough one. Anyway, good career, though. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. Best of, luck, best of luck to Daniel Murphy. Uh, in his retirement. One more note too. Ryan Zimmerman is coming back to the nationals. That guy just, just keeps on coming back. Good for, good for him, by the way. Yeah. Another good career there. Now there's going to be a guy you can debate if he's going to be in the hall of fame or not. Well, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Zimmerman, he's going to have the longevity for it. Uh, 
That is true. All right, hey, don't oh, forget to so like. This is hold, hold on. This is my favorite Daniel Murphy. My yeah. Daniel Murphy story. I, I don't know why I thought it was University of Virginia, mm-hmm. but it's it, it says here in college he was regarded as a strong hitter but a below average fielder as a freshman. When he was asked to introduce himself, and I love this because I remember every year in college, you, you know, here come the freshmen, they introduce themselves. And it says, name, you know, tell us your name and, and what position you played. And, you know, and Murphy got up in front of the whole team and said, I'm Daniel Murphy. I'm from Jacksonville and I hit third. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. That's good. That's good. And that's the kind of guy he was, man. He was hit first all the time. I played with a kid in high school who was recruited and signed with St. John's and he was a year older than me. And when I heard my senior year, somebody came back and told me this story, something similar to that. He went to a party, the first party of the year at St. John's, I guess, you know, with his teammates and whatnot. We, and when I was in college, we called them baseball parties. I don't know what you called them when you were in college, but uh, he went to one of the baseball parties. And he said, hey, what's up? My name is Dan. I won't say his last name. And they're like, hey, Dan, what's up? And he goes, yeah, you, you can call me Dan, but you can also call me Uptown, meaning like oh, all he does is, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it didn't go over well from what I heard. No. Fucking jerk. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be real careful what you say with, to your new teammates. Yeah. I like the guy, but that was kind of a jerk off thing to say. Yeah. Well. Yeah, Northeasterner. Especially as a freshman. Yeah, those, those Northeasterners, <laughs> man. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, I love all of our Northeastern uh, listeners, though, in this country, the United States of America. Mm-hmm. We do have, when we say Northeast, we do have people don't know listening in like Scotland and Australia and Russia and whatnot. That's right. So, Northeast and the United, they're probably, well, they're probably laughing at us as a country right now. So. But anyway, um, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast for new episodes every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Google, Apple, and Spotify and all that good stuff. And our, check out our YouTube page, The Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast for archived episodes and clips. And email us at jimbopodcast21 at gmail.com with all of your questions, your hitting questions. And before we get into our uh, topic tonight, episode 40, we're doing type of hitters part one a little series here next week we do power guys the tonight today this morning this week we do gap to gap hitters mm-hmm. and we'll get to that in just a second but um we've got stuff you mentioned uh stuff coming up um with the lab you know the place that you were and to not have a good day late night no yeah. just a late night just, a late, just night. late night yeah we got new new uh you know we have the, the virtual reality setup stations you know at mm-hmm. the lab we've had it for a year when it first came out and it was a you know pretty pretty cool big endeavor big investment well anyway they came out this year with the oculus quest 2 as everyone knows that's a fancy little thing now you don't need a computer and sensors all over the place and so we updated and upgraded and got kind of this new little setup so i was taking down a lot of our old you know infrastructure that we had there and we're creating some new space for it because there's a hitting module that comes out which if and when it launches it's as good as i'm hoping for it will really revolutionize training and training at home because it it knows where the bat is in space and essentially gives you a blur of the bat so Mm -hmm. it shows shows you your bat path from three dimensions you know instead of just video from the side it shows you coming from you know 
you can you can move move it from all the way around and it's your actual bat path it's not just what the avatar and blast or diamond kinetics or something wants you to you know see so it tells us that and then it also has the incoming pitch right so a game-like incoming pitch you know dropping it four to ten degrees and moving and sinking and and all that kind of stuff so it'll tell you does your bat bias uh, you know or intersect that plane of the pitch and for how long and it'll tell you based on your bat speed and the angle of the bat how far the ball goes and where it goes how cool will that be so yeah. that might not happen for 10 years but we're ready for it yeah i was just looking up there i got out of the shot because i was looking up what you were saying it is pretty cool looking i googled it yeah and kind of looked it up a little bit here so you know it's yeah just, so it's, it's just in beta we're one of their beta testers so we're we're going to test that out you yeah. know over the next couple months and, and see how it works so we did that and i got some other agility eye hand coordination called mm -hmm. blaze pods these things look good time man we can get crazy with these things getting kids to get information from their eyes to their brain to their hands and their feet and do it quickly so just kind of making athletes not just hitters but making making athletes in there yeah i'm looking it up again blaze pod yes. yeah googling it here it's a good little app too i'll tell you good app that comes with it runs got a lot of different exercises in there you can do for someone who who has some old school theories, you are up on technology at the lab. I'll tell you, and I mean, Boy, I, don't, I don't mean that facetiously. Yeah. I'm serious about that. It's impressive. Yeah, I, am, I am one hip dude. <laughs> I, some of these things I never read. I legitimately the two things you just mentioned in there that I had to Google. I never heard of, there and I go. just Googled it and it looks pretty pretty damn cool. Yeah. Well. So for more we, information, log on to the the lab. Um, uh, bcs.com for more information the lab bcs.com all right let's get into our topic at hand tonight episode 40 type of hitters part one gap to gap hitters and um we're discussing you know with the gap to gap guys i was a gap to gap guy you were more of a power guy i'm guessing correct me if i'm wrong mm -hmm. um but you teach both on the baseball and softball side um, let's first, we'll get into what the attack angle and what, um, all the met, some of the metrics should be, um, the exit velocity. Well, the exit velocity should be first kind of the same for everybody at a certain level, but, um, let's just first start with the pillars of the whole topic here. How do you go as an instructor establishing if a hitter should become a gap to gap type when they first come to you? If they're not 235 pounds, I'm going to make them a gap to gap hitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, and, that, and, the, and the age though, too, they're talking about, you know, when, what's the age determined that helps you determine that too, because there, I mean, with kids, 10, yeah. 11, you know, you can't really, you can't tell. And then that's the problem. You know, people teach these kids to launch balls so high. It doesn't do them yeah. any good. You know, we, we, we can look at their parent. Oh, maybe you'll be that big. You look at a growth chart, but you can always, you, you can always adjust from a line drive gap hitter. Yeah. So if you're five years old, I'm going to make you a line drive gap hitter. If mm -hmm. you're 15 years old and you're not massive and not super slow, I'm going to make you a line drive gap hitter. Mm -hmm. If you're gigantic, mm -hmm. you know, like if you're huge, if you're Luke and Baker, mm -hmm. sure. new Rocky, Mm -hmm. um, then we're probably going to err on the side of you hitting the ball higher. So I always go with yeah. exit velocity. It doesn't do somebody 
if somebody doesn't have great exit velocity, if somebody's not strong enough or big enough or athletic enough to hit the ball, you know, a hundred miles an hour, right. In a game. Yeah. Then there's no reason for them to try to be a home run hitter mm-hmm. because you can launch balls and they're going to hit the warning track or they're going to get caught. So until you can hit the ball that hard mm-hmm. or that far, then it doesn't really do you any good to kind of air out. And we'll talk more about home run hitters um, and, and differences in the swing plane. But if we're making a, a line drive gap hitter. Okay. Mm. That's typically somebody that doesn't cast because that allows them to hit the ball to right field. And this is a line drive gap hitter. This is a doubles hitter. We're not talking about a, um, you know, a whatever, a spray hitter, a singles hitter, I'm trying to think sure. of like an each row. We're not talking about that. I, a I slap I'm hitter, trying yeah. to think, do we have any guys that are like that anymore there there was that guy Bernard span was was kind of like that for a while that was a really just just a singles hitter yeah i always um, refer to the i always refer back to this guy but billy hamilton yeah sure yeah, yeah he would absolutely so you know i got one more i well maybe but go ahead i was gonna say one more i was gonna say um um roman quinn of the phillies but he's they're trying i guess they're trying to get him to be gap to gap but yeah and that's a guy I don't even know his name. Right. There you go. Right. So he can motor. He must, he must really be able to motor. Very fast. Um, yeah. And I was doing my scouting stuff the last couple of days, you know, and there was one guy where I said, I, I hope he can really run because mm-hmm. he can't hit, you know, <laughs> like he doesn't have, he's not smooth. He's not, um, he has no rhythm. It's almost, you know, there just wasn't, he had some awkward mechanics he kind of spun his body didn't move in space very well or it's but if the guy runs a 6360 then you know what maybe you take a flyer on him and put him in the outfield and and maybe he can create havoc on the bases he puts the ball in play things like that so you know line drive gap hitters guys typically were launching balls 15 to 25 degrees like that's your line drive trajectory in order to do that their swing plane is going to be a little bit flatter. They're going to keep their barrel up above their hands longer during initial rotation. Um, and that's to keep their barrel from dropping underneath and hitting the bottom of the ball. The time they're going to hit more the, you know, the back of the ball. So they're going to be guys that um, I would consider Christian Yelich a line drive gap header, even though he might hit 40 home runs. Um, I would consider uh, Cody Bellinger not. Mm-hmm. So even though these guys are similar size, similar, everybody talks about them the same way. They, you know, I don't think Bellinger is going to be an over 300 hitter, you know, very often. Mm-hmm. I think he did that year, but I, you know, it's just, he doesn't have the, the path for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are, those are different. Like if you put those two guys side by side and watch their swings in slow motion, they're not even close. Yeah. They don't even yet. They're both very, very successful big leaguers in their own right. So, right. you know, who, who has a better move? I, you know, I'm going to teach my players more of that Yelich move, um, which is a flatter, it's a flatter trajectory. It, it has less, well, I don't know the best way to put it, you know, less scoop in it, you know, less drop, less you, you know, more of a shallow you versus like a deep yeah. V, you know, or something like that. It's not a deep V, a home run swing, but the barrel is going to stay up longer. They're sure. typically going to hit balls further out in front of home plate and because they can, because they're mm-hmm. not swinging up too much out in front. They're going to stay flat to that ball. So they're going to, their power is going to come more out in front mm-hmm. 
um, just because that's where their barrel's starting to, you know, come up a little bit more versus a home run hitter that drops their barrel early. They're typically going to drop underneath and then they're going to swing up to fix it. And as they swing up, you can only, you know, if, if you're too early swinging up, you'll just top spin everything. Yeah. Uh, let me, let me go with this for a second. What about Chris Bryant? I know you've done on your Facebook page, yeah. um, you've done an, uh, an evaluation of him and you've talked about how steep his swing plane is his, but it's more, it's not as steep as Cody Bellinger's correct. So he's kind of in the middle. Would you consider him a power I don't know. guy? You know, I, I would consider Bryant a power hitter. Okay. Yeah. A yeah. power swing plane for sure, yeah. because he, he does, you know, drop a little bit and he, I mean, he's just so athletic. Gosh, his hands are so quick. Um, but yes, it's not what it used to be, though. He has flattened yeah. it a little bit. Um, his, but but yeah, I would put him in the power. He wouldn't be the line drive gap hitter. You know, a line drive gap hitter is going to be usually a guy that hits over 310. Right. With 20-plus right. home runs. Yeah. 25, 25 home runs. Like, um, So his hit tool would be between 60 and 70. Uh, I guess. I, you know what? excuse me i guess you don't have to hit for that high of an average it's just yeah. it's more your average launch angle stuff but sure. that's what i would you know like the great hitters you know if i took a luke voigt who i i think is a very good hitter mm-hmm. um strong i think he's a really smart hitter mm-hmm. um i think he's a really smart hitter like he, he he hits breaking balls really well he he has a plan when he goes up there he's he anticipates correctly. And, and most importantly, he sticks to his plan. You know, he mm-hmm. doesn't second guess himself. Um, but I also think that if he wasn't as big as he is, he, he wouldn't be as successful with that swing plane because it's up a little bit more, mm-hmm. but he's so strong. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, where right. if he was an average size guy, like if he was a high school kid, mm-hmm. like he wouldn't get out of high school. And that's kind of the problem is, you know, sometimes we watch some of these big leaguers and you don't realize how big and strong these guys are. They're yeah. huge men. They're men, a lot of them. right, yeah. They're men and you're, you know, I mean, we had our high school class the other night, right? We, everybody's 175 pounds, you know, yeah. maybe one guy's 200. And it's like, and they're athletic, but it's like, you know, they're like, yes, I hit it, you know, whatever, 95, 98 miles an hour off yeah. the bat. Awesome. I'm like, you know, Voight hits that ball, you know, 118. <laughs> you know when it's a 90 mile an hour pitch right because that's yeah. what we have the machine on yeah. i mean they, they're they're hitting it almost you know they're hitting it 10 to 20 miles an hour harder than you yeah like you can't have that same move it's not he's gonna miss balls and they're gonna go out of the park right i mean right. yeah that's what it comes down to like when he squares it up and he hits a barrel it's 115 to 118 yeah when he misses barrel it's 105 yeah that's plenty to go out of the ballpark anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to kind of understand, you know, you have to understand who you are as a person and who you are as a player. So I try to, a line drive gap hitter typically is going to, I, I would consider a rod, a line drive gap hitter, mm-hmm. right. When he was in his prime, you know, his swing was on plane for a really long time and he hit for, he hit for a high average. He hit a lot of doubles. Typically those guys are the, the ones that hit the, you know, people say, Oh, look at that backspin he got. Right. You know, it's great backspin, you know, mm-hmm. a guy that really hits a line drive that one hops in a gap somewhere. And the reason they have more backspin is because they're, they're hitting more line drives. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. not necessarily hitting underneath. Now, when you hit the bottom half of the ball, you get even more backspin. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But it, it's a different trajectory that looks different that some people, some people like, some people don't like. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought up the body though of Luke Voigt there because, and we'll talk about this next week, but it's not a myth. I don't think that some guys just have more power than others naturally based off their genetics and how they're built. Right. Isn't that the case with Luke Voigt and some other guys, Giancarlo Stanton? No, anyone. Everybody has their own DNA code. And yeah, when you're big and strong, you can get away with anything. Yeah. I shouldn't say anything, but I mean, you can get away with a lot more. You don't have to be perfect. Right. Um, Like you just mentioned, you miss balls and they still go out. They still go out. Yeah. Yeah. Altuve can't miss pitches, Mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, he smokes balls, right? He's got a lot of power. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of bat speed, but he doesn't have that kind of bat speed. Right. You know, it's, right. it's kind of like when I watch Correa, Correa never hits like, oh my gosh, he hit that ball 10 miles, right? Oh God, he just killed that and hit out. Bregman too. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. But it's like, Correa's a big dude. Correa's yeah. a big, strong guy and he's effortless. Yeah. Right? Like he doesn't even have to get after it. And he hits balls. I mean, you know, 400 feet, why does it need to go, you know, 480? So, yeah, I, you know, the genes and, and really the – and you're in the business, right? So, I mean, I, I see these kids. You should see some of these videos that I'm getting to look at for guys for the draft, you know, this year. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, look at the size of this guy. He's 19 years old, 18 years old. You're right. Like – I don't think I've ever seen anybody that size and they're just, there's some big dudes out there and, and that's what the game is now. It's big, strong athletes that train like they've never trained before. Now I talked to my dad about this, you know, um, the last time I was back, when did I see him? I saw him about two, three weeks ago and we, we were chatting about, you know, cause he was big and physical and, like nobody, he was a football player, right? No football yeah. players played baseball. And he's like, I was a monster. He's like, I didn't do anything. He's like, I can't imagine if I did the training. Like he was just a freak. He never lifted weights. He was 230 pounds. Did he ever do any push-ups, lifted. anything like that? I don't know. I don't know if he did when he played baseball. Right. When he played football, he was probably in the weight room. Yeah. But no, I mean, he never told me they, he was active. Sure, yeah, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, don't know if they did. You know, maybe they did some bench press to look good in a uniform. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really, I really. He told. He never told me he did. He always said, "Ah, we never lifted any weights." You know, sure. we, we were afraid to get too big and pull muscles. Yeah. But he's like, I can't imagine if they would have put me through the training that guys go through now. And some of the nutrition like, too. The nutrition, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and some of the personal trainers and. He's like, oh, I don't, I would have been 250 pounds of like, would have been unreal. Yeah. Well, just to give well, you a reference point to that, just look at Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, do you ever see his yeah. arms? I mean, it's, yeah. That guy's just, he's different, man. Uh, Correa, by the way, um, 6'4, 220. You, if you yeah. look at, you take away the name Carlos, I looked it up here. I'm looking at his baseball reference page. If you take away the name, so I've got white out in my head figuratively of course that i'm erasing his name i'm erasing his picture and i'm just looking at his um his statistics or biographical nuggets whatever you want to call them six four two twenty uh jeez i can't see six four two twenty 
you look at that, you take away again, take away the name, take away the picture. You might say, well, that guy could be a power guy, but it's not. It's Carlos Correa. Yeah. He's a gap to gap guy. But then you have Altuve, as you mentioned, but who's he, five two. You know, <laughs> but he's a he's a gap. To, so if you're a gap to gap guy, though, I would consider it more of a line drive gap hitter. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. line drive gap. But these guys are so big and strong, their line drives go out of the park. Right. Right. You know, versus a power. Uh, fly ball hitter, you know, yeah. somebody like a judge or a Voigt or a Bellinger hits those really high fly balls. These are guys that hit line drives. And if they're a quarter of an inch lower on the ball, it launches higher with backspin and it carries out of the park. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the different, they're not necessarily trying to sit back and launch balls all the time. They just are trying to hit line drives and they catch the bottom half of the ball sometimes or 30 times a year. I mean, even 30 home runs isn't a home run hitter anymore. Right. If right. you can hit 30, 30 home runs and hit 50 doubles and, and hit 300. Nolan Arenado. Yeah. Is he considered Nolan a power Arana. guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't consider him a true power guy. I would consider right. him a, you know, a line drive gap hitter with, with power. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, also why did you have too, to bring that up again. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, he just came in my head, but he's he kind of fits the topic this week. Yeah, fortunately, and he is. He's a two eighty five hitter. Mm-hmm. You know, two eighty five hitter. It's one hundred twenty RBIs. It's thirty home runs. Yeah, you know, but he's not a like. If you watch his swing plane and his extension, mm-hmm. he's not a drop and drive guy. He's not yeah. a guy that collapses backside. Like he tries to stay through stuff. Yeah, and he does a really good job of that. Hey, can I ask you a question about him? By the way. What's the step back move that he does and what's the benefit to that? Yeah, it's just his rhythm. You know, okay. it's just he's he's kind of an antsy guy. Okay. I remember I, I sent in, this was years ago, because um, I started doing, a, I used to call it the Arenado drill. This was, now people actually like, you see it on Twitter all the time, the step back drill or yeah. something like that. So another thing they stole from you. Good. Yeah, everybody steals everything. Yeah. I guess that's a sign of flattery right but yeah. i do see a lot of things first i guess so that's that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah. um I don't, okay. I don't i don't make it's not like i made anything up but i just saw him doing it and i remember tweeting into like the broadcast like mm-hmm. you know i love that happy you know they showed a home run or something i said that and it like kind of went crazy on the yeah. feed they started talking you know the announcer started talking about because they had never seen it. i'm like the guy's been in the big leagues for like seven years and you watch every single at bat you've never yeah. really seen him do that but yeah i started doing it like in camps because essentially what it does is it it grounds your back foot so you don't sway you know you don't get your back knee over your back foot or you don't sway back your hip doesn't slide back too much it just puts the weight into the ground and into your glute instead mm-hmm. of you know on the side of your foot so um no i think it's just him he's if you watch him take bp he's just very antsy he almost nice. looks nervous you know he's always moving and it's just yeah. his way of getting going yeah. yeah it's pretty cool though but he has all the moves though that make him a successful hitter like dj yeah. lemayhew as we talked about last yeah. week. yeah mm-hmm. the only funny thing uh, i don't know how funny it is but arenado his uh, head goes like like a lot of times he'll be at contact yeah out in front of his front foot but his nose will be like at home plate yeah. Like he, he's looking out of the corner of his eye. You know, he's yeah. been taught to keep his head down so much. It's a very awkward position. It's an awkward looking position. Like if you stop mid contact, but mechanically yeah. it's, it's he, he does everything. right. You know, you've been around a game, the game for a long time. Do 
guys who hit gap to gap and girls on the softball side, sorry, ladies, um, are there better bat to ball skills in gap to gap hitters rather than power type hitters? Because that seems to be the long time sediment about the two types of hitters. I think your, your swing planes more consistently on plane or on that collision course with that incoming pitch. Mm-hmm. So as a line drive get better. So yeah, yes, it's going to seem like your batted ball skills are better, you mm-hmm. know, oh, their visions better or their eye hand coordinations better. And it's really, you know what, that little white ball or the big green ball coming at is hard to hit. Yeah. It's not straight. It doesn't come in straight mm-hmm. comes in it sinks and it cuts and it rises and it drops so you you're not going to be perfect that often mm-hmm. your timing you're going to be a couple inches eight late a couple couple inches early so guys that have more of a consistent swing plan with good mechanics that are more line drive hitters you know launch angle guys that are 15 to 25 degrees yeah they're, they're going to seem like they have better um eye hand coordination or, or batted ball skills but that maybe they do i don't think so i yeah. just think that they are giving themselves a better chance for success um it doesn't mean that pure power guys are doing anything wrong it mm-hmm. fits it just means that you know what i'm gonna launch balls higher and when i miss i'm gonna miss up yeah or I'm, i i shouldn't say i'm gonna my barrel's gonna miss underneath my barrel's gonna miss under the ball i'm gonna swing under pitches you know and if yeah if I pop up instead of, you know, hit a line drive once in a while, then I'm okay with that because maybe I hit an extra five to 10 home runs. And maybe if I hit an extra five to 10 home runs, I'm in the big leagues or maybe my next contract is five to $10 million more a year. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you have to figure out what your role is. I'm a corner outfielder. Right. I'm a first baseman, right? Like I need to do something a little bit special you know, to, to, to play those positions. Or auto just happens to do them all. Oh, right. I'll just drive in 120 runs and I'll win a platinum glove. Did we figure out what the platinum glove is, by the way? No. Do you want me to Google it? I bet it's platinum. That's what I bet. Yeah. I bet it's, uh, instead of being made out of gold, I bet it's made out of platinum. I'm going to, I'm about to Google it now. Now I'm very, very curious. Oh, well, there's no <laughs> slap hitters anymore, by the way, too. So it's either, it, I mean, 98, I'd say uh, maybe I'm exaggerating. I'm going to go with 98% of hitters now at the major league level are either gap to gap or they're power guys. Those gap to gap Mm -hmm. hitters are pretty much up the middle and the power guys Mm -hmm. are the corner guys. I mean, with with some exceptions, of course, but there's no more slap hitters. You're either a gap to gap hit. And this is for, by the way, kids listening. Uh, Kids, here's a lesson for you. Become a gap to gap hitter successfully or become a power guy if you want to get to the big leagues or if you want to get a professional contract yeah there i mean i i think the reason is is one base at a time is not very easy yeah when pitchers are you know throwing they're, they're not yeah they're throwing harder because they don't throw as often you know, you're only going to see that pitcher once, right? So we talked about that. Pitchers have always thrown hard. Maybe they do throw harder now. Maybe their stuff is better. Maybe they specialize. Oh, this guy, you know, has a power sinker, and this guy hitting is a high fastball guy. So this is a good matchup, right? So there's more of that going on. Um, and so you need to, I don't want to say luck into it, but you need to hit a double 
to score a runner from first. You're not going to get two sure. base hits yeah. to score him. Yeah. Um, geez, it was like that in the SEC when I was there a couple of years ago. Like, you're just not going to string. I mean, you might string three or four hits together in a random inning against a non-conference team uh-huh. um, or a Sunday game when everyone's, you know, kind of they're, they've blown through their bullpen. But for the most part, it's like you get a runner on first, you got to get him to second. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a power hitting team, which we did not have, we had to steal a lot of bases and get a lot of dirt reads because we knew we weren't going to get, you know, very many hits in an inning. And we also only had one or two guys that get hit balls in the gap and score a runner from first base. So, so that's why the whole slap hitter um, or singles hitter really isn't um, appealing to, to baseball anymore is because pitching is, you know, pitching is tougher and we're not going to get a lot of hits in inning. Yeah. And even guys that you could, that you could categorize as possible slap hitters, just based off maybe their projection, their body type, Mm -hmm. like an Orlando Arcia. He's not even, he's not a slap guy. He's not at all. A gap to gap guy. doesn't hit for high average, but he's gap to gap. He's almost like a power guy. Right. Right. Like that, but he's not a good, he's he's just not a good enough power guy, but that's where his swing (laughs) flame, that's is there was a guy, Keon Broxton, that was with the Brewers, too. It was the same sure. thing. It was like, dude, you need to God, just use the middle of the field and flight stuff down. Yeah. And he was trying to hit everything, and he didn't have the skills to do that. Like, to be – we were talking about that at the lab today, Matt and I. Um, we were working, and we have, like, a – you know, I have all these major league clips, you know, that I have side mm-hmm. views. So we slowed them down, like a big montage. We just play it, you know, in the background, you know. Yeah. There's probably – a. 300 swings or something that plays mm-hmm. on one of the monitors and you know it was a cunyan and uh, you were talking about it and and they're like god his, his swing point you know isn't like like ideal you know mm-hmm. he's got a little bit of a drop that would be a good one for us to do too for one of our segments here one of our break yeah, our mechanical yeah like here. i mean yeah. he definitely like he doesn't cock the bat he holds it very straight up mm-hmm. so he's probably in the five percent of major leaguers that do that it might even be less than that um and he kind of casts just a little bit yeah sometimes yeah. the cast puts you underneath the ball okay mm-hmm. so not bad and then he kind of swings up more than most guys out in front and so when you look at that you're like well that's a guy that should hit for a really low average like 220 yeah 230 but he doesn't and he doesn't because his dang vision and athleticism even though his happy zone is probably only like a four inch cube yeah he finds that four inch cube more than guys that have eight inch cubes find theirs that's Mm -hmm. essentially what it comes down to uh by the way the platinum gold glove award will be a hall of famer is give oh Acuna yeah his (laughs) brother might be too they've got the same they've got the same (laughs) swing they do uh (laughs) The Platinum Glove Award is given to – well, we have writers who don't like him, though. No, he may not get in So because those yeah, writers sure. are um, – the Platinum Glove Award is given to the best defensive player of the year from each league. Oh, regardless so, of position. Right, yes. So wow. to determine the Rawlings Platinum Glove Award winner, fans select one player among the nine Gold Glove Award winners from each league. Ooh. That is from – google when i first googled it when i first googled platinum love the google put in platinum blonde by mistake so, yeah. yeah sure they did 
They did. I'm they serious. just know you. They know your searches. Hey, let me tell you something. Uh, my searches are as clean as a whistle on my Dell computer. <laughs> I, you spent a lot of money for that thing. <laughs> that, that fucking thing cost me an arm and a leg. I ain't. I ain't doing any bad searches on there. That's for sure. No, that's sir. Blue Jay. That's Blue Jay. Blue Jay Dell. Yeah. No. 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 The uh. No. The Blue Jay. What's the uh computer I have? Um. What's it called? Jeez. Some Canadian, I'm sure. No, no, no. It's compact. Uh, what is it called? No, 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 no. compact. No, um, everybody has it. it's. Uh, you probably have it at the lab. It's. Uh, well, maybe not. You've got like a ton of expensive equipment. It's not a Dell though. It's I a, use a Mac for my most of my stuff. It's not a Mac either. It's, no. Uh, oh, it's HP. A, a think. No, it's a think. Think. Oh yeah, think, I yeah IBM. Oh. Sure. IBM. ThinkPad. Yeah. 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 yeah um i have a dell though personal okay. computer i have two dells i have one dell that you're on right now you and where you and i are speaking and i have another dell off to my left where i'm googling platinum gold gold glove i'll tell you what this is like i feel like i'm on the joe rogan show right now no, that's how high tech you oh <laughs> your sarcasm man <laughs> i like i like hot i like hot ep you know when you when you're hot bad mood hot. <laughs> yeah a little spicy tonight. a little spicy yeah yeah um so i, I want to throw out another scouting term at you barrel control i like to use that one by the way um guys with um gap to gap tendencies have a tendency to have better barrel control correct than than power guys or am i wrong yeah i don't know if they have better barrel control they might they have mm -hmm. better initial barrel control you know they're not dumping it behind them quite as much they're keeping it much more vertical that first mm -hmm. move so they're um typically when we do that that the barrel doesn't drop quite as soon yeah what happens is they get on plane a little bit later like towards their front knee and then when they do get on plane it's very flat so i always say it's kind of like an i mean it, I didn't make this up, but somebody said, you know, it's like an airplane coming down, you know, to land and touch the runway and then slowly come back up, you know, it's kind mm -hmm. of that versus somebody that's just dive bombing in and then coming, you know, straight back up or something off an aircraft carrier. So, yeah. um, that's typically, I mean, if you want to call that barrel control, you know, maybe the other guys have barrel control too. They're just trying to control it downward, right? you right. know, more than anyone else, but I would say, I think the term you used, yeah, they have better barrel control. They got better what, hands. What about bat speed, bat quickness? Yeah, I, they, they all pretty much. I mean, if you look at players at that level, you know, mm -hmm. most of their bat speeds within a few miles an hour. Yeah. Um, and their bat quicknesses is within a, right. like one one hundredth of a second, you know, it's 0 0.15, 0 0.16. And, and quite honestly, when it's at the same spot, like out in front of their front toes, the same distance from them, most guys are about the same. Um, and I would say somebody like Yelich probably doesn't have the greatest bat quickness in terms of what blast would show mm -hmm. because he hits everything out in front. So if you think about where your bat starts, mm -hmm. the further out in front you hit it, the more time it takes to get there, right? Yeah. So the further deep you hit it, if you dump the barrel and hit the ball deep in the zone and hit a ball the opposite field, like a judge, mm -hmm. you know, their his bat quickness is going to show better because he was late on the pitch. So it may not have anything to do with how fast the bat is moving or their mechanics. It might just have to do with where their contact point is. So, yeah. gosh, metrics can be so overly 
complicated mm. and overdone. Yeah. Like everyone's like, oh, you got to be 0.15 seconds. Well, I can be 0.15 seconds. I'm just going to hit everything off my back foot to, down the right field line. That's going to give me great back quickness and out of a job. You know what I mean? Like that, that doesn't work. Or, you know, oh, I got to get my bat speed. So I'm going to blah, 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 you know, do a running start and swing sledgehammers and all this stuff. But if I can't find a barrel, it doesn't yeah. matter what my bat speed is. Yeah. You know, it's like pitchers doing pull downs. Like, what, what, I don't know what a pull down, what does that represent? Yeah, good question. I don't know. I mean, I understand trying to throw hard off of a mound to a, to a catcher, but taking 30 steps and throwing into a net and flipping over in half, uh, does it build arm strength? Okay, well, I guess if it builds arm strength, I guess that could kind of make sense, but you're not an outfielder. Yeah. You know, that's a, like more of an outfielder's move. Anyway, I just think there's so many things that are wrong. We've, <laughs> we, we, we've just made we've made more complicated than it needs to be yeah and, and, and in turn it's become less fun yeah i want to get a headband it's, it's, i want to get a headband that says uh, bryce harper's quote uh make baseball fun again or make baseball <laughs> great again i want to wear it right on my forehead that's funny yeah I like because some of this some of the you're right some of the stuff online that's out there now the it's just it it's almost like, are we even? Is this even a game anymore? You know, I mean, yeah, it's just too ridiculous for me. Sometimes, sometimes, not always. Like the shift, hate the shift. You hate the shift, huh? Oh, I hate the shift. What, what does your dad think of the shift? I don't know. Yeah. Next don't week, know. then. Next week, I'll we'll ask him. I'll ask him. We'll your dad, yeah, days. yeah. Because they did I shift. I think they did shift not he as hated. prevalently, but they did shift. No, he, he hates the shift. Well, he, he hates, hates the it. shift because because he told me in the World Series, he played Pepper with Joe Morgan, who is playing shallow right field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the AstroTurf. Yeah. So he was like, so the, the right fielder was like uh, on the warning track and Joe Morgan was like, you know, maybe – 20 or 30 feet in front of where the right fielder would be. And my dad said he was just hitting like one hoppers at him. He must've done it four or five times. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I know, I know he doesn't like the shift. I don't know whether he thinks it should be outlawed. I'm okay with that shift. I'm not okay with too many guys on one side of the field. Right. Right. Like if you want to take your second baseman and move him into right field. Yeah. That's cool. But I don't think your shortstop should be able to go on the right side of second base Mm -hmm. and play an infield spot. So there has to be a happy middle ground. Happy medium. Yeah, you have to have like you got to have two infielders on each side. Yeah, how has the shift affected gap to gap hitters, if anything at all, in the last ten years? Has it? I don't think it really has too much. I think it's hurt the guys up the middle. So mm-hmm. a gap to gap hitter, you know, isn't going to hit a lot of ground ball. Like if you're a right handed hitter, a gap to gap guy usually isn't going to hit a lot of balls between first and second. Right. Right. So what they'll do is they'll put the second baseman like right up the middle. Mm -hmm. And I think where guys that used to be what you did, you hit the ball up the middle. You got a base hit. Every time you hit it hard up the middle, you got a base hit. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. Mm -hmm. Ah, It drives me crazy to watch guys hit line drives up the middle and the middle infielder catches it. Like you see the pitcher turn around like, oh, crap. Oh, my bad. I got a guy there. Right. Oh, I missed it. Yeah. I didn't make my pitch. Yeah. It's like almost better to roll over one or like 
flip one towards yeah. where the second baseman or the opposite infielder should be mm-hmm. versus hitting a laser right up the middle with backspin that the person catches and turns to. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the way it is. One more metric question. What's, what's yeah. the average attack angle for gap to gap hitters? You're probably looking in that like eight to 12 range. Okay. On those okay. guys. Yeah. And you're usually going to be 12 to 15, 12 to 16 for power guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else that I missed uh, tonight, today, this morning, this week for our gap to gap uh, hitter show, our topic? No, if, if you're a young kid, be a gap to gap hitter. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. You know, it doesn't do you any good to hit the top of the cage off a tee. Yeah when you're 10 years old or 12 years old, you know, learn how to hit the ball over the second baseman's head, learn how to hit the ball over the shortstop's head. Yeah. And then as you get bigger and stronger and you want to add, you know, a little bit more loft or a little bit more, you know, launch angle, if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. then there's very simple ways to do that. But what's very difficult is being one-sided, either being a slap hitter that chops or, you know, a a chop hitter or a guy that swings up a ton. If you try to move from there, it's it's hard. But if we can move from the middle, if we can be a line drive gap hitter and then make adjustments from there based on your anatomy and how you mature and get bigger and stronger and faster, you know, if you start off in that line drive gap hitter phase, then you know it's not it's not difficult to make adjustments from there. Um, you start out. Everybody starts out as a gap to gap hitter, no? Well, they should. Right. Yeah. But I mean, not you know, from what I see, even big leaguers and, and, you know, you hear that you hear all the time from scouts, they say, well, he can grow into some power. Yeah. You know, I mean, so you start out, you should, if you're being taught, right. So you start out as a gap to gap type hitter. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Like Charlie Blackman, we talked about him. Oh, yeah. I wonder where he'll end up next. Yeah, great. Can't wait for that trade to happen. <laughs> Anyway, but Blackman was that way. He didn't hit a ton of home runs, you know, until he got older and kind of figured stuff out. Boy, he's a good hitter, that guy. But, yeah, um, you should be. But, I mean, you see what is being taught out there. I saw somebody with their feet wide open, and they were hitting everything at like a 30-degree launch angle off a tee in a cage. Well, that's that's definitely not a line drive gap hitter. What's the point of that? What do you think the point of that is? Um, I would say the point of that is to feel something that people are trying to overteach. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll get a little more stretch. Yeah. Maybe I'll get a little more snap. Yeah. Jeez. I saw another one where this person had like a steering wheel and they were doing this with their elbows. Did you see that one? I did not. I almost threw up all over my computer. Yeah. <laughs> it was like bat drag. It was like, we're going to teach you how to bat drag as much as possible. Right. You know, I have seen this right. steering wheel. I've seen drills, certain, certain drills online, similar to that, where I, I look at it and I say, Oh my God, that's bat drag. That's the very definition of it. Your dad would, yeah. your dad would be going in on some of these uh, hitting gurus nowadays. Yeah, it's good that he doesn't have Twitter. Or Instagram. And the funny thing is, your dad can actually kick the shit out of them if he wanted to. Still. Yeah. Know, 70, 77. He did age. You know, he got sick a couple months ago. Yeah. We had surgery. And he's like, God, I look in the mirror. I think I aged 20 years. So he's he's 77. And he, he kind of looks a little old now. But he still beat everybody's ass. He still yeah. 
Not that you can. Not that you can. I'm just saying you you have no, more but of a calmer yeah, demeanor. He would his giant hands. They're like. I mean, this is a guy who fought Reggie Jackson. So <laughs> that's right. I wouldn't want to mess with him. He didn't fought anybody. He wouldn't care. <sighs> All right, good stuff this week. <clears throat> Yeah, I like I like when Ep, can you can, we, can you get hot and mad about something every week because we always we always you know not that the shows sure. are better not that the shows are better but but it's more uh, what do I what is it more it's more spicy yeah you really you no, uh, I it, those those well, that you, thoughts in the back of your head are more towards the front of your head and they you come know, to the tip of your tongue sometimes when we don't do them on Monday mornings and we do them on Saturdays yeah. You know, I'm you're happier back. I'm yeah. happier, but you know, you do it during the week, yeah. during the work week. You never know what's going to happen. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, we do have a listener question and uh, we'll get to that here very quickly. And this comes to us from Chandler from Opopka, Florida, sent to us via Jimbo podcast, 21 at gmail.com. Chandler writes, hi guys. Great show. I just stumbled upon it a few weeks ago and love the content. Love to hear that. I have a question for Jake as it relates to the on deck circle. What is the one common factor in all high level hitters in what they do in the on deck circle that gives them the best chance for success? Are there certain moves to get a hitter ready for that next plate appearance? Thanks. And keep up the good work. And again, that is from Chandler from Opopka, Florida, sent to us via Jimbo Podcast 21 at gmail.com. Thank you, Chandler. Great question. Where's Opopka, Florida? That is east of Orlando. Oh, like Cocoa Beach? Melbourne? Kinda, Come on. I'm trying to dig, I'm trying to dig deep. I'm west. Into, not not quite not quite close to the water not as close to the water not really no i'm working on my florida geography are you are you uh, gonna move to florida are you uh, moving i don't to florida? know you never know you never know my kids it, like palm trees i was gonna say because you know um if you're looking to live like say in a red or blue state colorado is a blue state but there's part of colorado that wants to secede and go to wyoming so you can still live in really? technically live in colorado but you would live have to live in northern northern colorado where mm. now this is after the secession, they'd be considered Wyoming. If you want to live in a red state, I don't know if you do. Florida's a red I, state. I, but... I like Wyoming. I like Montana a lot too. Yeah, a lot of people do. And I might like Obopka. Opopka. The P. A A P O P. I was thinking of the Seinfeld episode with the, the cinnamon chocolate bobka. Chocolate bobka. <laughs> Bread, whatever it was. Or, oh, you weren't, you weren't. Okay. You weren't talking about. Um, um festivus for the rest of us mm, always all right so go, go the strike for 10 circle, years <laughs> what do what do because this is a great question Chandler. Yes. and what do all great all great hitters know what they need to do in the on deck circle to prepare themselves okay mm-hmm. so i wouldn't say everybody is exactly the same mm-hmm. but i will say some guys veg out yeah. some guys relax their brain they relax their eyes between pitches, they'll close their eyes. They might visualize what what they're going to see, what that pitcher might throw them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they will go through their previous at bats, which they shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They should do that before they get to the on deck circle. Mm-hmm. I would say if they did one thing, it's typically rhythm. They're going to dance with the pitcher. So I'm a big fan of. You know, and you see this all the time, right? The, the on deck guy is timing the the pitcher just like the hitter in the boxes. 
but they're typically not swinging. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big fan of timing that pitcher, moving when they move, try to get that ballet, so to speak, going. Yeah. But I'm not going to pull the trigger and swing because the ball's not, you know, it's way over, you know, it's far away. So maybe then I'll take a swing, you know, or, a, you know, they'll take their swing, one arm swing, two arm swing, you know, when the pitcher's getting the ball back or there's a foul ball. And then all of a sudden when the pitcher starts getting their sign, you'll see that hitter kind of zero in again and start working rhythm. So that is the one thing that I always tell my players to do. I want them working on their rhythm figure out if the guy's doing a slide step, see if he has a slow delivery to the plate. Um, sometimes I'll have, you know, guys, are they, can you see anything different with the glove? You know, can you pick up a tell, you know, did somebody, one of the guys on your team says, you know, he does something with his finger or he flares his glove. Maybe they'll look for that in the on deck circle. So there are a lot of little tricks to, to do that. But I think the big thing is they're, they're preparing themselves for battle. They're preparing yeah. themselves to get in the box and and zone everything out and just pick up that ball right and, and know what they want to do with it so that's the biggest thing be relaxed don't be all jazzed up in the on deck circle i'm a big kent murphy fan but probably don't want to be checking out the chicks in the on deck circle you know if it means something um so yeah relax set yourself you know get your rhythm squared away and um be confident when you walk up to that box you know, you bring up, uh, you bring up that point. Uh, and so the stretch, uh, well, I'm sorry. One more thing. The stretches, they aren't, you know, those stretches that players do, they really don't yeah. do too much. I mean, it's, that's just the comfort. They're just, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe it does, you know, they throw a yeah. donut on, they, they do a weird thing, you know, with the yeah. arms and, but I just think, I think that's a routine for right. relaxation. I think that's a routine to get them in the moment yeah. rather than helping them be a better hitter. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, the Kent, Kent, what's his, Kent uh, Murphy. Yeah. For my time, I guess. Um, that he, uh, no, not for my time. I don't know. He's still out there. Oh, I think uh, it would be right in your time. Kent Murphy. I don't remember Kent Murphy. Coach Kent Murphy. Was the game, uh, I'll have to Google him. Um, was the game, uh, maybe I'm, maybe it's cause it's late and we're, we're, <laughs> we're coming in hot tonight. Was the game more fun like 20 years ago or is it just me? More characters, uh, more, you know, for example, on the on deck circle, looking at chicks, you know, you never yeah. see that now. You'd never see that from players nowadays. <laughs> you know, it just seemed, I, I don't know, guys play. It, it seemed more of like the wild, wild West playing on these AstroTurf fields and these big multi-purpose stadiums. And that was like 40 years ago. I mean, it just That's seems. Yeah, game, I don't know. The game, I think social media has made the game not fun. I think social media in general has made life not fun. I agree. You want to talk about that mess for a while? No, but I, I really do. Yeah. I think that you can't go out and have fun because somebody's going to shoot a video of you. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you got to stay in the zone. You can't be a, you can't have fun in college anymore. Right. You can't tailgate with your teammates. You can't tailgate with your buddy. Even if you are 21, you can't, you can't do it. Yeah, somebody's gonna get a bit. You gotta watch it, and it's just I think that part of it is definitely not as fun. Yeah, I've noticed. I've just noticed, and all sports though, by the way, I've noticed it. Maybe not football, but I've just noticed. um, If you ever go back, I suggest people do this. Go back and on YouTube, search like the NFL in like the '90s. Search for there's full games out there in the '90s, you know, and there's there's games in the early 2000s. It just seemed like with every sport, I mean, baseball too. It just seemed like the game was just more. 
Uh, you watch the Red Sox Yankees series in the American League Championship in 2003, as compared to this year's American League Championship, the game was just, it just seemed like it was more fun to watch. It was just, there's yeah. more excitement. You're on the edge of your seat more. You're locked into every pitch. And you and I are baseball as nutty as for baseball as we, as anybody. We love the game as much as anybody. It's just, it's, yeah. it's just different now. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to put my finger on it. I, maybe it's just. Oh, I know what it is, Jim. What's that? It's the shift. No, it can't just be the shift. <laughs> maybe shift. it could be. It could could play a part in it. I don't know it's what it shift. is. I just, it's, it's the shift, different. and I think pitchers shouldn't be allowed to throw more than one pitch. That's the other thing that shouldn't be allowed. So you just throw fastball or a slider. You just can only throw one. They would. That wouldn't. But that would make the game worse. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're trying to make the game better here. We We're trying, trying to offer to advice to yeah. Theo Epstein in his new position in Major oh, League Baseball. That's right. We're trying to give him advice if he listens to the mm-hmm. lab. Yes. I can point to us and say, that's a good idea. It's the shift. Ban the shift. Well, um, don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. We appreciate all the listeners. Follow us on social media too, at Jim Tara and at Epstein uh, Hitting. And um, all of our archived episodes, of course, are on um, our YouTube page, The Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, criticisms, if you like us, hate us, whatever, doesn't matter. Jimbo Podcast 21 at gmail.com. Again, Jimbo Podcast 21 at gmail.com. Great month of shows coming up in February. We'll be discussing spring training. And the making of a successful college hitter with the college season right around the corner. I know that that'll be an episode that you certainly will be uh, not that you're not in tune with every episode, but you'd really, you're going to really enjoy talking about that being that you were just in the college game a couple of years ago. So you can add great insight with that. But next week we dive into part two of the types of hitters at the game's highest level. And we talk about the power guys. So we shift from gap to gap to the power guys next week. Should be fun. First show of February, right? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Baseball's coming. I love spring training. Actually, I love March. The f- this is the first show of February. Second yeah, game. right. Yes. February 1st. That'll be the second show. Yeah. Well, we will discuss spring training though. So, all right. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week. Coming in hot. Coming in hot.